What is up? What is good? How you living? How you feeling? It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man. And I know that you guys were sitting there in week one going, where is the betting content? I'll explain why in a second. I'm joined by David Ingber, who's going to help me guide through this process. David, poke holes in all my arguments. I'm an emotional better, and I need your guidance. I like that. Uh, yeah, I. For those of you who don't know, that's that's my role in this world. Is Lefko tells me something he's very excited about, and then I just try to bring him down and suck him back into reality. Yeah. But I love it. It's great. Um, so first and foremost, let me explain. Uh, what Thursdays are going to be like. And let me explain why no betting show on last Thursday. Why no betting show on last Thursday? Because I didn't want to encourage anybody to bet on week one. Sure. NFL. And I thought that if I did a betting show, but I coached it with after every bet, but I would recommend not doing it, you wouldn't listen and you would make bets. And I got messages from so many people last week that were like, I got slaughtered. And guess what? I would have gotten slaughtered too. That's why I didn't bet week one, because friends don't let friends bet week one. I'm just letting you be honest. That's how I feel. Number two, as you guys have probably heard, another one of my co-hosts, likely because they sit next to me, got the bag at a different place. Warren Sharp, he is the man, got a job at the Ringer and the NBC Network. Props to him. Props to them for giving him the bag because he deserves it. But guess what, guys? Me and Warren are still having our wins. Oh, man. I just gave the entire segment away for the entire season, David Ingber. Damn. Oh, brother. Do you want to just... We got to keep rolling. So, guys, I have a new segment, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. But I have a new segment called... All right, 33 percenters. Let's go talk to a smart guy last night. So let's listen up because he's got some knowledge to drop. So grab a juice box in your favorite robe because we're about to learn something. So we have a new... What's the name of the segment? Let's go talk to a smart guy last night. We're not going to tell you who it was, but let's go talk to a smart guy last night. Ingmar, do you have any guesses as to who... May, like, you want to maybe take a guess as to who it mm, could have I'm been? trying to think who are the smartest people in the world. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so many Ingmar. intelligent people. Like, it could be someone in the political world. It could be someone that's just a physicist. You know what? I, let me hear the nuggets that this smart guy gave to you, and then I'll start to make some guesses. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you who I talked to, but the first segment of the Thursday show, I am going to be bringing you lots of nuggets from a really (laughs) smart person that really knows betting, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. Then in the second segment, we're going to try and mix it up, guys. Thursdays, it's going to be a deep dive into different topics to give you information, whether it's betting, fantasy, DFS, sports cards, whatever you want to do. This week, it's going to be Dr. Chow. Dr. Chow is going to help us look at injury reports, and there's going to be a few games where I've seen some injuries that I needed his guidance on. That's the second segment. Third segment, we're bringing in our good buddy, Crack of the Crack Wins app. He's going to give us that landscape. Where are the sharps betting? Where is the public going too heavy? Where do I need to go? And then after that, we're bringing back the Lefko lock. But instead of the Lefko locks, I've decided it's too much work. I just want a Lefko lock. And so I'm going to pitch all of my different ideas to David Ingber. He's going to give me his guidance. I'm probably not going to listen to him. And we're going to pick one. But let's get to Adam talked to a smart person last night. Man, what a smart guy. So what the smart guy told me is that EDSR is not accurate after week one, so we're not going to use EDSR. Not sure if that helps, but I want you to know that uh, I think it was Joseph, was it Sulk? 
that used EDSR Jonas Salk to, to create the polio vaccine. I'm pretty sure he used early down success rate. Yeah, to figure that out. I'm sure they're correlated somehow. It, it was actually early down symptom rate, but you know, Jonas Salk, what a legend. Okay. I had an inkling after I got destroyed last year in betting. And I remember talking to Warren and he, he told me the statistic about 0-1 teams versus 1-0 teams. And the smart person I talked to last night, I had him dive into it. Not including teams that are an underdog of a touchdown or more. But in the last 10 years, when an 0-1 team was facing a 1-0 team, straight up they won 59% of the time, and against the spread, they won 63% of the time. To me, that's a nugget of note. Um, And so there are four teams that are in those situations this year, this this week. The Giants, 0-1, taking on the Bears, 1-0, and they are five-and-a-half-point dogs. The Dolphins, 0-1 after losing to the Patriots, hosting Buffalo, 1-0 after beating the Jets. The Dolphins are five-and-a-half-point dogs. The Eagles, 0-1, taking on the Rams, 1-0, and this line is all over the place, and I have the reason why. And the Lions, plus six, 0-1 after losing to the Bears, taking on the 1-0 Packers. So of those four that I said to you, Ingber, let me just throw it to you because I, I haven't, we haven't talked about it. Of those four, which ones to, to your – I'm going to call you a common better. Is that okay? Will you be offended by uh, that? That's actually like way too complimentary to me. I'm just a, a terrible better. But you're, but you're a common sports yes. fan. Of those four, which one did your ear perk up and go, I could see that? Uh, the Giants against the Bears, because this 0-1 versus 1-0, this is all about the wild swings of public perception after one week, where we spend all offseason thinking, oh, the Bears are going to stink. And then they go out and they beat the Lions. And it's like, okay, well, now the Bears are awesome. We're we're getting Peter King, Mitchell Trubisky, like, love So it's just like week one can become a coronation of, wow, actually Trubisky is a top 10 quarterback. and We had it wrong all summer. So this just feels like a totally wild swing. Whereas uh, I believe when you were talking to Dr. Chow that there's a reason why uh, Mitch Trubisky had such a massive fourth quarter and he's not going to be going against that with the Giants. That one perked up to me. You nailed it. I wrote down, and this is going to sound sick, in my notebook, all the 0-1 teams taking on 1-0 teams that I went, I could see it. And all four of these were on the list before I talked to the really smart guy last night. I am not saying I'm taking these bets. I'm not saying you should take these bets. I think that you guys should do more research now that that qualifier is out of the way. Here's why I do like the Giants. Everyone is talking about how Big Ben battled back and they did this and Benny Snell. Okay, fine. The Steelers' defense, in my mind, is like the best defense that I have seen in like five years. And the Giants still had some success throwing to Darius Slayton. Matt Stafford had success, and Kenny Galladay wasn't even there. The other thing about the Giants is that no one's talking about, how about the Giants' defense? was all over the Steelers in that game, making uh, Ben Roethlisberger get all shaken up. And I don't think Trubisky's as good as Roethlisberger. The other thing I'll say is for the Bears, Robert Quinn missed week one. He is questionable in this game. The pass rush of the Bears, while I think it's great, Khalil Mack, by the way, limited at practice on Wednesday. I go, I still don't think it's as good as the Steelers. I think the Giants are interesting. They're a team that I like there. Dolphins, 
I wanted to like because of the injuries to the Bills. I'll dive into that deeper with Dr. Chow later. Just know their two starting linebackers are banged up. Matt Milano, Tremaine Emmons, they missed it, and their two backups are out. The thing with the, the, the Dolphins, though, both starting corners. It, I just Mr. Common better. I still feel like I'm a little bit worried betting on the Dolphins against this Bills team. I just, even though it's in Miami, it just, it still scares me. Your Patriots beat up on the Dolphins. I do worry about the Dolphins that the Patriots literally gave the blueprint on how to push around the Dolphins to the Bills. And that's kind of why I want to stay away from this. I think we have a tendency to forget, uh, like by week five, we will have forgotten things that happened in week one. And one of those things is that the Patriots probably under most circumstances should have won that game by 24 because there was a fumble into the end zone, which continues to be the stupidest rule in the NFL. Now, because that fumble went right back to the Dolphins and they got the ball at the 20-yard line, it ends up being a much tighter game than it should have been. It was a three-point game in the fourth quarter, and I think that disparity between those two teams might have kind of tweaked people. Now, obviously, we're in week two, so we remember what happened in week one, but I just I hold on to games like that of game like actually the Lions game is a perfect example. The Lions probably should have won that game by all rights. I just like to, to yeah. file those away in, for future lines when I'm like, are they really 0-1 or are they, you know, actually, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I try to remember which games were pretty much either or games. The other reason that I'm avoiding this game is uh, Buffalo at Miami was a very seminal game for this organization last year. That was the game where Brian Dayball went up to the booth that was the game where they started using all this hurry up that they now use now. And Josh Allen hung up 37 on that Dolphins team in Miami. So I know that it fits the criteria. I'm not that interested in it. Eagles Rams. This one has a story from the smart guy. Quote, Sharps are lining up the cannons to bet on the Eagles in this Spicy. Game. But... They're waiting for a better number. I'm seeing right now a pick 'em. What are you seeing? I've seen a variety of different things, but uh, here, let me get you the most updated. I'm looking at one right now that says the Eagles are minus one. Some places I'm seeing a pick 'em. Here's why it's getting spicy. Apparently, the Sharps are waiting for a better number, but somebody already fired a premature cannon. And that's why it's all over the place. It got to apparently like. Uh, Rams uh, minus one because it started off the Eagles were a four point. Yeah, I see a four and a half right? to pick them movement over the last few days. So it started off as the Eagles four and a half point favorite. Now it's down to a pick them. Apparently, it got up to like one and a, one for the Rams, and somebody, some huge better went kaboom, <laughs> and all the other betters are like, "You, you should have just waited an extra twelve hours. Waited yeah. out." So that's a little nugget that a really smart person told me. Um, and here's why it's interesting for the Eagles. Doug Peterson, 2-0 and versus Sean McVay. Doug Peterson offense has put up points both times against the Rams. Doug Peterson's Eagles have not allowed a sack to Aaron Donald, which I think is very interesting in the times that they've played. It's a 1 p.m. East Coast game for a West Coast team. Uh, if you think about what you just said, Ingber, in week two, don't feed into the storylines. Rams win on Sunday night football. Here comes Jared Goff. He looks amazing. Eagles, wah, wah. you lose to Washington in one of the most embarrassing losses in week one. Like storyline divide 
Central. Uh, one of my favorite data points uh, when we're talking about week one swings, do you know what percent of the public money is on the Rams right now? Tell me it's over 60. 86% of the public money is on the Rams. <laughs> we are at Thursday morning right now, and 86% of the money, according to Vegas, is on the okay, Rams. Okay, so this is so David, write this in a little notepad. Lefko might make this one a lot. Put this one down there, circle Filing it. it away. It's just I don't like bet on the Eagles because then I get too much. Uh, but the smart guy also told me that there was one statistic. By the way, uh, this was uh, from Rich Rebar. I read that Jared Goff, when he had a clean pocket, was something like 10 of 11 for 110. But when he was under pressure against Dallas, went one of six for six yards. It's the same old Goff. So I just want to get that on the record. But the statistic this really smart person told me was that on third down, the Eagles in week one against Washington, the average depth of pass, so the average distance of the pass, was 21 and a half yards. The average in the NFL was 8.7. They were the highest by far. For some reason on third down, Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson were dialing up 21-yard passes. So hopefully that changes, but that was one of those statistics where you're like, WTF, uh, that's insane. Um, but I, I really think that both of these teams are going to attack the linebackers. The Cowboys had their most success with um, uh, uh, Zeke across the middle and Blake Jarwin before he got hurt. I think they can attack the Rams that lost Littleton this offseason. But I also think the Rams can attack. Uh, so it should be, by the way, a big game maybe for Ertz, Sanders, Goddard, if he's healthy for Sanders. But the same thing for the Rams. I think that Sean McVay is going to put Nathan Gary on an island and attack. So it could be a lot of points, uh, but I'm doing a nice little lean. And the last one I said was the Lions plus six against the Packers. As you'll hear a little bit later, Dr. Chow He's all over the over. My smart guy was all over the over. The total there has gone from 47.5 to 49.5. Apparently, everybody is getting on the over. Um, and what's interesting is Detroit has covered five straight against Green Bay. But lots of injuries for Detroit, lots of injuries for Green Bay. Uh, I don't know. What did you, what, does that one speak to you at all? Uh, I, I think overs are very sexy, and I think uh, the Lions, by all rights, without a drop pass, it's 1-0 versus 1-0. Oh, man, is this going to be the, the eventual matchup for the NFC North? Um, and I think – You know the Lions are desperate, and all week we've been reading about how Aaron Rodgers is an MVP captain. Six points just feels like a lot, even this early in the season, for a divisional matchup. Like these two teams, they like they know each other, they play each other tough, and – even if Rodgers goes off, who's to say Stafford can't match him, you know, touchdown for touchdown down the stretch? The scary thing for the Lions is uh, their right tackle, Holly Puli Vati Vaitai, missed first game. He's un- It looks questionable. He didn't practice on Wednesday with a foot injury. And Kenny Galladay is still out. If you don't know, so Desmond Trufant went out in the middle of the game with a hamstring. Daryl Roberts went out with a calf. And Jeff Akuda is practicing, the third pick in the overall. But he hasn't practiced at all. So we're going to be throwing in a rookie corner against Devontae Adams. That sounds really scary. Um, but I, I could see bo- both of these offenses could put up a lot of points. Look, Kirk Cousins was able to move the ball against this Green Bay defense. It just came to a few mistakes. Um, two other things of note that this smart person told me. 
there are two uh, instances in which there is a team that is on a super short week having to travel. Just something to think about. Not saying that these are the bets. It's one data point. Titans played uh, really late night on Monday night, have to come back across the country and now play a Jaguars team that was at home. So now the Jaguars are going to be um, at home again. Broncos played in that super late game on Monday night. They're having to come across and go to Pittsburgh uh, for the Steelers. Um, my take on both of them, I am leaning one of the short week teams and one of the home teams. So let me run these by you, Ingber, and you tell me if I'm crazy or not. Titans, I came away oddly more confident than I would have wanted to for a, a guy that picked against the Titans to not make the playoffs this year. I thought when you're when Goskowski misses three or four field goals and extra points, um, the fact that uh, just tons of craziness. I think the Titans could have beaten the Broncos by a lot. I thought that I'm getting more and more confident in Arthur Smith and the offense that he's running. And like I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a great quarterback, but I feel like Arthur Smith uses him to the maximum of his ability. And I think that A.J. Brown will eventually explode. I think Derrick Henry will eventually get there. Um, I, I like the Titans in that matchup. And Gardner Minshew, 19 of 20. Wow, what a big – this is still the team that everyone thought was going to tank. So for me, it's like a team that underperformed but still won. So you know Vrabel's going to be like, what the fuck? Like, let's, like, there's no, like, let's celebrate. And then the Jaguars, it's like clips are online of like emotional speeches. Like, I would love to bet against the Jaguars this week. What, what do you think when I say all that? I'm a believer in Ryan Tannehill and the fact that you're coming. Titans are minus nine. By that, that is a lot of points. Um, I have no idea what kind of home field advantage. Aren't they allowing fans into the stadium? They are like 15 grand in Jacksonville, but who, and Hey, both teams that had fans, one last week, but that's the Chiefs and the Jaguars. That's not a big enough data set for me to think that that matters. Uh, yeah, I think with the Jaguars, just in the same way that you can have very wild emotional swings and you can say, all right, now I fully believe in Mitch Trubisky because he had a nice game down the stretch in week one. Well, if you spent all offseason hearing all the touts say that the Jaguars were going to be bad this year, maybe they're not going to be 2-14 and 14 bad. They could still be 5-11 and 11 bad and come out with a pretty nice week one win. So if you believe that thing that you believe for the last six months, then this would be the time to take the Titans, sure. And the Titans have owned the Jaguars. Owned. And that's with better defenses. And that's Derrick Henry. They should hang his jersey in the Jacksonville Stadium. That's how great of a player he is there from the 99-yard run. Every time he plays them, he destroys them. I like the Titans there. The other side, uh, I really don't like the Broncos. I didn't like anything that I saw on Monday night. I thought that their offensive line was weak. Without Von Miller, I didn't see anything really from Bradley Chubb where I was like, whoa, like he's going to be able to pick up all the – I don't see a pass rush there. A.J. Bouye just got put on three-week IR. So the Broncos are going into Pittsburgh – with two rookies at corner behind Bryce Callahan. I think Bryce Callahan is a great corner. He was signed from the Bears. He followed Vic Fangio from the Bears to the Broncos to be a slot guy. Well, right now, he's the only non-rookie corner. And we saw that Juju looks good. And Deontay Johnson will bounce back and chase Claypool. I'm just saying, like, it's a banged-up Broncos secondary. And I am not still sold on Drew Locke. I'm just not. 
Like I don't, I'm just not there. And so that's another one that I'm circling right now is the Steelers. The line on that one is what? I have that as uh, it opened at minus five, it's moved to minus seven. Mm. I think I like that one too, but that's a big number. That might be one that I tease down. Um, If I can tease it down six, and get it, I can get it through the seven and the three. I would, I would might like that one better, but I could see the Steelers really going wild in that game. Um, I just want to point out did you see the Roethlisberger quote from yesterday about his body recovery? That his arm was sore. It's like, but it's no, hurting. it was actually like a mildly amusing quote. Um, I don't know if he was being facetious, but I imagine someone that just hasn't played contact like that in two years. He knows what he's talking about uh, in terms of recovery. He played on Monday. And then on Wednesday, he said, yesterday, I felt like I was in a plane crash. Today, I felt like I was in a car crash. Hopefully, tomorrow, it'll feel like I fell off a bicycle. So just wanted to point that out in terms of the data. When, when people say, oh, is there really that big a difference between a seven-day week and a six-day week? If your body really needs that time to recover for like the first two, two yes. and a half days, yes, that is a huge, huge difference. So let's look at both of those situations. Tennessee is on a short week. The Jaguars are not, but I think that the Tennessee Titans are a much better team, but that situation gives me a little bit nudge to the Jaguars just because it's a day and there's travel. But the reason with Steelers and Big Ben that I don't get that worried is Denver not only played on Monday, they played later. So that short schedule, I feel like negates both. The difference is Denver's now having to come across and play at a one o'clock game in Pittsburgh. So Denver is actually more at the disadvantage there. The more and more I'm talking about it, the more and more that I'm liking the Steelers. Because what's interesting is I remember that Big Ben, one o'clock road games, historically, he does not cover. It's like shocking. But at home, Big Ben lets it go. And you know that I'm big on Big Ben. That was Adam talked to a smart guy last night. I feel like we got to a bunch of games there. I gave you a bunch of where I'm leaning. I'm hoping that Ingber wrote down some of my leans to remind me later because I'm going to talk to Dr. Chow now. Then I'm going to talk to our guy, Crack. And then I'm going to sit there and I'm only going to pick one. But I'm going to give you my, you know what? Ooh. On the fly, what if I just change the name of the segment to Lefko Leans? Because Lefko Locks is going to get people yelling at me and like, I've been getting yelled at so much on Twitter these last two days that I forgot that part of the NFL. I forgot about it. Well, like you're you're getting the mentions because you're running the Lefko Show right. account, right? I, I, what has it been like to see Washington and New England fans come for me, my neck? Uh, this is the difference between a lean and a lock. And when you're a gambling analyst, the way some of the smart people that we know are, if you say. I love the Steelers. You got to take the Steelers minus seven. Then when you're wrong, people come from you. But when you're right, you get to take a victory lap, right? It's, it's, it's a big you know, cost-benefit analysis. Whereas if you say there are several data points that I'm really enjoying here that do tend yeah. to lead me to want to say that there might be some positives. Lefko leans. It still fulfills my need for alliteration, which I really find important, even though most people hate alliteration. Uh-huh. And... It's a lean, and I can still take credit for it. All right, it. let me throw you this while we're coming up with segments on the fly. 
You have three bets. One's a left goes lock. That's like, it's going to happen. One's a left goes lean that you feel really strong about. And one's a left goes list that you're just kind of listing in that direction where you, you, you still have to do some more research, but you've got some, some kind of inkling toward. I like that. So there's, there's gradients. There's a lock. There's a lean and then there's, I'm listing. Yeah, you're, well, no, it's just like you're listing toward like when a chair is listing and it's just kind of like slightly at an angle. Do you know what? This is also really good. I know a lot of people that are in three, two, one mm. polls. So it's kind of fits that. The difference is I'm not just doing sides. One of these might, I might go with an over for one. Okay. So it's kind of a three, two, one, but it's, it's, or it's love it and list it, but it's lock lean and we love alliteration so we might as well go there and you know what if every week if you don't have a lock that week don't make up a lock for the sake of it but if you feel one that you've got go for it yeah okay this is good oh did i tell you that i want to call my first kid louis lawrence lefko so he could be triple Triple L. l strong okay now it's time to do a deep dive with dr chow it's deep dive interview time tell us something we don't already know won't you And now it is time to do a little deep dive as we get ready for week two. And I thought, who better to have uh, than Dr. Chow? Two reasons. One, I mean, for what seemed like my entire life when I watched a Chargers game and somebody got hurt, there he was. So he's really baked into my subconscious. But two, (laughs) when I put out my theory about Cam Newton and the Patriots, uh, he made me feel better about myself because he said, hey, this isn't that crazy. The Patriots like to mix stuff up. I don't think we have to dive right into that, but Dr. Chow, what a beautiful backdrop. It is great to see you. How are you handling week two and the craziness that is realizing the season has started? Well, it's been very interesting with the pandemic. I'm just so glad after week one and seeing week one, it was almost all about football. Mm. I mean, it wasn't about COVID and the protests weren't really that big of a deal you know, after the national anthem. So I'm glad we're talking football, and that's what I love. And the downside and upside of COVID is without this preseason limited and so forth, injuries have become more important. But the bigger deal is less information, Mm. right? And so makes my job harder, but then again, perhaps all the more necessary since there's a lot of hidden things out there. So, of course, uh, you can check out all of his content, profootballdoc.com. I was checking it out yesterday. If you're like, ooh, I want to make a bet, it's really cool. Go there. Why is there a red circle on the right tackle? Oh, he missed practice with a quad injury. Just information that you can really use, which I love. But, Dr. Cha, I want to talk about the, – the, the reason I want to do a deep dive with you is because of the misinformation, because of the missing information – it's going to be really hard for my audience to know what to look for in an injury report, what stories to look for when they get alerts on their phone. So what is something right now that you're noticing, whether it's the injury reports or the stories that you're reading, that you're seeing trends? What are you seeing right now? Well, I mean, you got an hour or two hours. I mean, I can go through a lot of things, but let's start with a couple of things. First of all, Adam, everyone knows the term coach speak, right? And They're not lying. They're not dishonest people. It's part of their job because their job is to win football games. Their job isn't to tell the public the truth. So when you see, and I'm not banging on the Patriots, I think it's strong strategy, you know, when they weekly on a normal basis play hide the bacon with which of their 10 questionable players are going to be out, they're within the rules. If they made up an injury, they're outside the rules. 
But if a player actually has an injury mm. and they're 99% going to play, that's legal to say questionable. And that's what they do. And that's what I try and ferret out, which one's playing, which one's not. And even, let's say, a Mike Evans who plays, is he going to be effective or not? And I said, no, decoy, decoy. Right, you said yes, him. Yes, he scored a touchdown. You said Brandon but, Cooks in the first Thursday yes. game would be decoys. So I guess my question for you is, what are we looking for to know the backstory of knowing if somebody's a decoy or the backstory of, oh, they're <laughs> practicing this week, but they might – like, what are you looking for backstory-wise? Um, honestly, it's very hard to say. I look for so many different things. Uh, it's hard for me. It's not that I'm not giving out trade secrets. Yeah. It's like someone asking uh, – a, a journalism student asking you – Adam, what's the secret to your incredible interviews, getting the guests and asking them the questions? Gotcha. I mean, there's no formula. You read the player, you read the subject, you know, whether it's a Twitter to connect or through a friend, and then is this guy a joke around guy or a serious guy? And you adapt. And that's what I do. For example, uh, we mentioned Coach Belichick. He just doesn't say anything. Yeah. Okay? You go to uh, Kyle Shanahan, so far – He's been pretty honest when I look at him. You go to some other coaches and they don't tell you, they tell you sometimes better, sometimes worse and mm. keep you guessing. Coach Tomlin, after the Steelers game on Monday night, said they're evaluating Zach Banner, they're evaluating Wisniewski, and they're evaluating James Conner. All true statements. You don't think the team doctors already knew? Through Twitter, I told you Zach Banner tore his ACL. Mm. You don't think the excellent doctor of the Steelers felt his knee and knew that? They did. Mike Tomlin just isn't telling you. So the whole point of what I do and through ProFootballDoc.com or the Twitter or OutKick is to tell you what they're not telling you right. between the lines, not just repeating questionable, repeating out, or repeating Look, in. We're, we're not seeing it just with injuries. We're seeing it with playing time and reps. I mean, Doug Peterson came out. Uh, and played a combination at right guard and right tackle that the media never saw in any of the practices. And when asked about it, he said, we just didn't do it during the media session. And because we've had so little preseason games, we're all looking for information right now. Uh, I guess, is there anything to be gleaned about when a player goes on to a, a injury report? For example, you know, we don't see Godwin uh, for the Buccaneers, and then Wednesday he appears with a concussion. Is there anything that we can glean when, when a player appears on an injury report? Uh, sometimes you can glean a lot. Sometimes you wait and see. For example, a Wednesday appearance on an injury report for, uh, let's say, uh, a Todd Gurley who's resting an arthritic knee might mean nothing because it's just standard veteran rest. The Godwin thing you bring up is a huge deal in my opinion and wrote the article for OutKick and hopefully maybe broke some news. Here's all I'm saying. I have not examined Chris Godwin. I am not in any way saying the Bucks are playing games with the injury report. If anything, they're being honest. He apparently, after get, taking a hit from DJ Swearinger, felt fine at the game, was checked out and felt fine. Felt fine on Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday, coming to the facility, he had some, quote, some symptoms. And he got put in the concussion protocol. That's what you're supposed to do. But let me tell you and your listeners, if you get late symptoms from a concussion and you get put on the concu in the concussion pro protocol on Wednesday, you are not playing this Sunday. Mm. As a matter of fact, you may not play for the following week. 
late onset concussion symptoms tend to linger. Now, of course, concussions are like snowflakes. No two are the same, so I can't be completely clairvoyant with this. But let me tell you, as part of the NFL protocol and the five steps to return with a late concussion, unless they determine those symptoms were unrelated to concussion, like he, they determined he had a migraine or something like that, he will not play this Sunday. And we talked about Evans maybe not being 100% yet and the decoy the week before. So there's an issue down in Tampa. you got to look yep. at Scotty Miller, Gronk, and, and whoever. And Tampa Bay, they are nine-point favorites right now at home against the Panthers division rival. Always a tough game. That, that's something that I can use every week. If I see a guy now that gets concussion symptoms on Wednesday, I can in my mind go, I'm likely not seeing him Sunday. And that, that's the kind of stuff that I think is great for people. I mean, obviously we all want Chris Godwin to do well, but because of misinformation and because of if I can get things of when you appear, um, what about practice reports? Uh, I'm, I'm curious terminology. I, I saw some reports this morning. I want to run them by you, and I want you to kind of tell me if there's any keywords that I can look for. I'm very interested in the Bills-Dolphins game, uh, mainly because of there's injuries to the Bills that really caught my attention. I think that defense is great, but I think right in the middle, Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds are two of the really great linebacker tandems. Milano has a hamstring injury, was not on the practice field on Wednesday. Edmonds was at practice but wearing a red non-contact jersey as he nurses a shoulder injury. I obviously don't know what's going to happen with these guys. But when you hear that one guy's not practicing and one guy has a red jersey, what do you see? Well, what I do is then I go back and look at game film because I don't know that I saw everything. Because when the Bills were playing – there was nine. There were oh, nine yeah. One games going was on. Insane so, on Sunday. Yeah, and you know we're in a war room, and we have eight other guys, but I can't see everything. But what about so not, I go back. not practicing versus the red jersey? Well, the difference is uh, not practicing implies you know he can't get out on the field, or he's better off with rest, which fits with the hamstring. Mm. A, a, a red non-contact jersey may be a shoulder issue, let's say an AC joint yeah, where it's it a hurts, shoulder. Yeah, where it hurts the contact. But on game day, whether with adrenaline or the magic, quote, acupuncture, as I Ugh, used to call it, with, it. Uh, with fluid fl- flowing into the shoulder or the AC joint, you can play. So I'm not ruling them out yet. So at profootballdoc.com, we have up right now an injury index and field view early. But this is why we don't finalize them until Friday. So we get three days of practice reports and the whole deal to try and get you uh, the best information possible. I think, I think that's the important thing, too, as I started this podcast by saying it's Thursday. And in the world of betting, every, all content that everyone consumes right now is a snapshot in time. And it can completely change by Sunday morning. I just wanted to add some other Bills things. The two backups behind those linebackers, Tyrell Dodson and Deshaun Phillips, also went down in that game. And the Bills have two healthy linebackers on their roster right now just – that's where we are at this time of year. Uh, another one that I had for you in terms of phrasing, Packers-Lions game. The Lions, you were all over in week one talking about their injuries in the defensive backfield. But for the Packers, let me read this to you. Pro Bowl defensive tackle Kenny Clark, legend. Dude is so good. Injured his groin late in the first half, didn't return. He didn't practice Wednesday, but was out at the practice facility working to the side. 
What does it mean when I hear that a player is working to the side? Well, you know, first of all, I don't think the Packers play as many injury games as some other teams. Mm. Sometimes teams do that just to make you think that they're going to play the guy. But in general, practicing to the side means he's rehabbing his groin Mm. and perhaps he's getting closer than in the training room getting ice and stim, right? So it's a good sign uh, for Kenny Clark. But, you know, there's no question, as you mentioned, there's some Packers issues uh, on the defense and as well as the Lions issues. And, and boy, if Mitch Trubisky, after the third hamstring injury to a cornerback, to a top corner for the Lions, can carve up the Lions for three touchdowns in the fourth quarter after two field goals through three quarters, watch out Aaron Rodgers. I think that was a, that was a game that, I circled right away as over potential Packers Lions, and I thought Stafford was great, and I thought Rodgers was great. And there's injuries everywhere. It sounds awesome to me, but I lo- I love now that you've kind of given me a gradient of hope, which is if they're not practicing, they're in their training. That's the scariest one. If they're off to the side, it's like they're better than being uh, like getting stim, but they're not ready to go. And if they're wearing the red jersey. We're getting some confidence that they can still do everything. It's maybe a pain threshold type of deal. And I'll give you another free one, Adam. Okay. Uh, An easy one Uh, related to Eagles, one of your teams. That's where I was going next. So perfect. Okay. So, So Miles Sanders in week one, the Eagles let all media believe that he was fine. Yes, they did. It started as, quote, a hockey lower body injury. Once again, that's not illegal because there's no requirement for injury reporting in the preseason. Well, it's a hockey teams use it, lower body, upper body. Oh, I thought they wrote hockey team lower body injury. No, I I just I put in hockey. You know, that's what hockey teams had commonly done: lower body injury, upper body injury. Right. So the Eagles said lower body injury. It came out as a hamstring. They were quiet about it. All of media were led to believe he would play. I was saying, I'm not sure that he plays, and I'm not sure if he does that he's effective. And what happened? He didn't even travel. Think about this, okay? Unless there's something going on related to strategic or otherwise, typically when you don't travel, it's signaling you weren't that close. Mm. If you weren't that close on a hamstring week one, is there any chance you're going to be 100% in week two? Of course, I'm looking from afar. I can't be clairvoyant and be right. in the building. But if you're looking for context clues, which is what you're asking, there is one for you. He didn't travel. And I don't believe he didn't travel because of COVID protocols. They allow players who are questionable to travel. Most times players who are questionable travel in case they can go, even if they think they can't. And he did not. So what does that tell you? And we can get into other Eagles situations Well, that's what's fascinating to me. So Derek Barnett is back practicing, but like Javon Hargrave on Wednesday, he made his first appearance, but Vinnie Curry is out. Um, But you wrote in your notes to me, can anyone believe the Eagles' reports on injuries? And I'm curious (laughs) – it, are they are the Eagles being more deceptive than other teams in the NFL? Look, I am not hating on the Eagles. This is not I hate. Actually, this is good info. I I actually like Doug Peterson. I've never met Howie Roseman. Okay, I'm just saying 
historically, as I've looked at this, the Eagles haven't always showed their hand. Mm. And that's okay. I mean, it's part of the strike. When Carson Wentz was hurt with the knee, from day one, I said it was more than an ACL. I said it was multi-ligament and LCL. And for weeks, it was just ACL. And then right before the Minnesota Super Bowl, Wentz came out and said it involved the LCL as well. Okay? Look at the Miles Sanders. Lane Johnson, they did not reveal, nor did they have to, that Lane Johnson had an ankle surgery this preseason. They didn't talk about it one time. Correct. But media finally caught on and reported it later. So they're a team that is trying to take full advantage of injury reporting and not reporting. That's not hate, as you say. Mm-hmm. It's just knowing what they're trying to do. And look, maybe from this, from now on, all their questionable players will travel to mm-hmm. throw us off even more, right? Because now we've talked about that. For example, I know one head coach very well, and I won't say his name to not out him because it was in confidence. I said to him, Coach, I know what you do with injuries. And he said, what's that? He goes, you go and talk to the media before you talk to your doctor and trainer, and you can look them in the eye and say you don't know. And he said, yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's part of the gamesmanship that's played. That's well, to all use, To use what you just said, because you've now told me that the Eagles and Patriots are very similar, I then will hold off on betting on those games if I like the line and I find value in there until that hour and a half before the game. Because because their injury reports I know are going to be so cloudy until they're official, there's like I would if I would have bet on the Eagles a few days in advance and then on game day been like, wait, no Lane Johnson, no Miles Sanders, I never would have made that bet. The Eagles and Patriots are two teams that I'll wait to make bets on. Two points of clarification, because I love this intelligent conversation. This is why I love coming on with you. Because sometimes other places, it's just, what's this injury? What's this injury? What's this injury? You want the deep dive analysis. Okay. First of all, I would say the Patriots and Eagles are similar in that they're not revealing all their information, but they're very different in how they don't reveal the information. Mm. The Patriots just tell you nothing. They say, go look at the injury report. For example, in Kill Harry on Friday, boom, questionable on the injury report, limited practice. What does that mean? I don't know. I interpreted that from having studied everything to say that's part of the hide the bacon, he's fine, and he seemed mm. fine. Meanwhile, the Eagles – so the Patriots didn't tell, any, tell you anything except what was on their injury report. Meanwhile, the Eagles tend to leak and say Miles Sanders is fine, Lane Johnson is this, it was a minor ankle – So they do it in different styles, just like they're different styles. That's number one. Number two, here's why it's not just a commercial. As a matter of fact, I'm so – I will give you – and if you're up for it, I'll give you and your viewers and followers a special code at the end, or I'll give it to you, where they can try the profootballdoc.com for free for a week. Here's the other advantage. No question you can wait for the injury report to come out, the final inactives. Two points on that. Number one – if the inactives come out and Godwin is not now out, the line might change. Mm. Now, if you were betting on the Eagles and thinking everyone was healthy, you're right. You should wait because the line will move to your favor because you like the Eagles. And I'm not a tout. I'm, telling you, I'm not telling you to take the Eagles or not. Totally. But if you happen to like the Washington football team because you think they're going to rally for Ron Rivera, 
and you see what I'm saying about the offensive line, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you can get down before the line moves, before Miles Sanders is declared out, et cetera. So that's where some of the advantages are, line movements, depending on what it is. I say from the get-go, fantasy DFS wagering, this is just injury information, one piece of the pie. You have to take it in concert with what you're saying about scheme and talent and what you see otherwise. Yes. You can't make all your decisions just on injury. But if you're deciding between two running backs and you're, you know, and you're playing and you look at the defenses in terms of our field view, it might help you make a decision. If you're deciding on a total and you're leaning one way or another, maybe it helps you if you look at what it is. It's just a tool for the sophisticated decision maker, we, not the casual guy that throws 10 bucks here and, no, and, no, no, and throws no. darts we, we at have, all. That's we not have who talked it's about this on this show all the time, and we would hammer it all the time with Warren, which is every single nugget is one data point and we are trying to collect as many as possible to make an educated decision. And I think what's interesting is I've always been someone that early part of the year pays a lot of attention to injuries because I think it's a huge data point that people don't look at. But what always gets me, doctor, and I'm going to kind of wrap it up soon, is um, sometimes I either put too much on the injuries or there's that period where teams eventually adjust to the injury not being there. Because in the end, there's really one position that throws off the line in terms of expected value, and that's quarterback. Everybody else seems to be negligible in the grand scheme unless it's a collection. But the adjustment is one thing that you pointed at me, which means I know you're into it. So Niners, I'm going to use Niners Jets as the example. The Niners are having injuries that are happening seemingly all at once at the cornerback position. Richard Sherman goes on the IR. Akilo Witherspoon is suddenly in concussion protocol. They got a bunch of injuries to the corners. Now, the Jets, the Jets before the season lost C.J. Mosley. He opted out, and they lost another Baltimore linebacker. They signed Patrick Onwasser, and he's out. So those are two injuries now that the Jets have known about for two, three weeks, but it still makes their linebacker position weak. But the, the Niners are dealing with it right now. In the long run... How do you kind of see not just those teams and those positions, but the adjustment period of, you know, eventually the Lions are going to be down those three corners for three weeks in a row and they're going to have to, you know, do you understand what I'm saying here? I do, I do, I do. And we try and take that into consideration. There's, for example, you mentioned the Jets. There's also Avery Williamson coming off the ACL with a hamstring. And there's also Blake Cashman who got put on IR for the three weeks, okay? So they're short at linebacker there. And the reason why I put C.J. Mosley as a red circle in there now, red, red square in there now, is because he was a COVID opt-out, which is, look, Joe Douglas with the Jets didn't know about C.J. It's not like C.J. Mosley tore his ACL and they knew he wasn't going right. to be ready. They went into training camp saying, this is our lineup. So this is why the C.J. Mosley opt-out is significant. They haven't had time to get other talent in incorporated. Now, if they develop a young linebacker come week four or week six, that red square may be gone for C.J. Mosley mm. because they've adjusted to the injury. It's the newness of it. We mentioned the Lions. It was Desmond Trufant's hamstring injury in-game, the second one in-game that tipped him over the edge. They adjusted to the – to Jeff Okuda not being there. They adjusted to the second one. The third one, they ran out of bodies in game. So you're right. Cluster injuries are huge, 
And no question, when the injuries are new, it's a bigger effect than if it's been around for a while because they can groom the next guy. For example, for the Eagles, Lane Johnson right now, I'm still a little iffy on, but in three weeks, that's going to go away, I think. You, look, if the right guard steps up for Brandon Brooks there, that red, red circle may go away. Same thing with the Steelers and their right tackle. Like the Steelers yes. and their right tackle, I, I came into the year going, man, if there's one spot on that O-line I'm worried about, it's the right tackle. And then they go out there and they lose Zach Banner. But, you know, how long until they're looking at Okorafor, I believe is his name, and to where he gets comfortable. But it's, it's tough to know. And the other thing there, it's cluster injuries. It's not just right tackle Zach Banner, who we said in-game was an ACL tear, and now that's been confirmed. It's right guard. David DeCastro already didn't play in that game. Mm. Wisniewski flipped over from the left side, and now he has a pec issue. So now you're on a, young, uh, a right mm. tackle unproven, and the guy next to him isn't solid, right? I mean, look, if you take vacation and you have a new host for your show – Gabe and your producers, David, they're there. They can help them out. If we just all saw it with the Eagles this week. You could just we, we just saw them have to do a new right guard and new right tackle. And we saw what happened with that this week. Yes, and 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 that that's the much bigger worry for the Steelers than James Conner because his ankle sprain is mild, and obviously Benny Snell Jr. did a heck of a job, yeah. anyways. So that's where the concern is, and that's where looking next level in terms of what's going on. Man, that stinks. That's going to impact my bet coming up later on. Uh, I was I was looking at the Steelers, so I'll have to think about it. Uh, Dr. Chow, thank you. Uh, Profootballdoc.com. And I believe you're offering, what, one week free where people I'll can go check what, it out? I, I hope the, uh, the bosses and investors, I mean, we've got eight guys in the war room on, on game day and a development That's team fun. doing all So there's a lot of people working. I haven't cleared it with them, but you got me so excited, Adam. <gasps> I will tweet out or I will text you a link that if you put it out to your Yeah, we'll put it in the description on and, uh, Facebook and right, iTunes. Then, then they'll get a free look at it. And if they don't like it, that's fine. It's not for everyone. But for your people who like the deep dives, yeah. that's who it's for. The casual person, it's not for them. And I, I think it's uh, more paramount than ever because they say the greatest ability is availability. Well, now we're, we, it's hard to even just figure out who is available. So, Dr. Chow, thank you so much waking up this early and doing it. You are the man, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, brother. Hear ye, hear ye. These are the three track commandments with Bill Krakenberger. Crack daddy, yeah. Okay. Luck be a lady tonight. And that's how we're going to start, just like that. Bill oh. Krakenberger. All right. Yes. All right. That was perfect. Crack, you're in Vegas because you are sitting in front of the fountains right now. I'm just going to give people a look behind. Uh, Crack will be on the iPad next week. We had an accident. It's okay. But the most important thing is he's here, and the Crack Wins app is ready to go. Crack, I've missed you. How are you? Good. Oh man, so great to be great to be back. Great to see you. And uh, it, it's we're back. We need we need football. We need NFL for our pocketbooks, for our pockets, for our psyche, for human nature. And we need Lefko. We need you. We need your voice 
So it's great to have you back here, man. I'm, Love it. I'm hoping to talk to you every week. And really what I want is I want to get away crack from making people tell me who they want to bet on because I don't, I'm just realizing that's a resultist mindset and it's more about the process. And what I think you do better than anybody is get a sense of the streets. You get a sense of what's going on in the books. You get a sense of the breathe, the breathing in and out that is the markets. So I know that I kind of, we haven't talked about this, but I'm curious, what's the buzz right now within a year where there's a ton of misinformation and there hasn't been a lot of training camps? What's the buzz around the sharps right now that you're kind of getting? It's unbelievable this year compared to any other year in my 25 plus year career, really. I have never seen so much NFL betting done by the syndicate guys, by the sharp guys. Usually, we kind of stay away from the NFL. And I say we, I mean, I'm my own sharp syndicate group. And there's about four or five others. NFL is the toughest thing to beat, NFL sides. Now, I'm not saying totals. Totals are beatable. Props are beatable. This year shocks me. I mean, I bet you over half of the card last week was bet on by sharp guys. Now, I'm not going to say they won, but they moved the line around, that's for sure. So it's a uh, it, it's very interesting take on, on what's happening this year compared to every other year. And I may say because maybe because we had no preseason here. So maybe these first three, four weeks can be considered the preseason, which is beatable, by the way, by the sharp guys. So... That's just a hypothesis. So let's let's bring it down to the common better. If we know that the sharps are going to be making lines moves, when when do you think that the common better should be looking to get in? Is it is it earlier? Is it is it waiting until we see the line movement closer to game day? How does everybody else play it? What a fantastic question. I mean, this is exactly what the people need to know. I'll tell you right now. If you're betting an over on the NFL. If you're going to be betting over, definitely you want to get that in early in the week because I noticed from the first week and just from the past, from from being a blueprint in my mind of seeing things in the past, if you're going to bet in any unders, you want to wait till later in the week mm. to bet the unders when the public comes in and moves those lines up on the weekend. But if you want to bet an over, especially this year, I think the Sharp guys went out on five totals on over last weekend and another five this weekend on the over, four or five. Wow. So you want to bet the overs early, and if you want to bet unders, you want to bet them late. And just for, just you have to put your mindset in the public shoes. And, you know, you, you just think to yourself, hey, I know everyone loves to bet last minute. They love to bet favorites. If you're looking to bet dogs, especially in these gambling jurisdictions like here in Nevada, here in New Jersey, or, or wherever it may be now. We have, you know, yeah. 19 states that are, that are booking sports. You actually want to bet those dogs because you're going to get extra half points on those dogs later in the week. Mm. Uh, I noticed right away uh, last week you, you're going to get more than half a point on, on things like, even though they lost, the Dolphins. The Dolphins versus the Patriots last week, which lost by, about, lost by 10. Uh, that's a perfect game, and I mean, I mean that, that game could have landed on seven easily if the, if the Dolphins get a field goal at the end. Right. And uh, that would have meant the difference between a winner and a loser. So if you're betting against, yes, and by the way, yes, the Patriots are still a public team. Even though there's no Brady, there's no Gronk, it doesn't matter. There's still America, you know, one of America's teams. Uh, of course, Kansas City, Dallas, them, um, Green so, Bay. So now the big takeaway I got there was 
Definitely, especially early, and maybe we'll see the whole year. If you're looking about the overs, you want to do it early in the week. If you're looking about the unders, wait a little bit to where people kind of get antsy around game time and want to bet the overs. And if you're betting an underdog, you really want to wait, it sounds like, to see if you can pick up some points. Well, you know what it is? It's because when Saturday and Sunday comes, especially Sunday, you know, 80% of the public, maybe higher actually in certain jurisdictions, 80% bet last minute. I can't tell you how many people were shut out this past weekend in Vegas because they waited to go up too late. And when I'm saying too late, they went up a half hour before the game started sometimes, 20 minutes before happened? the game started. They were shut out. The line at the win, I, I, I was at the win. The win went from the, the counter all the way back, wrapped around out the sports book. Wow. I mean, and you never those, seen anything like guys, that before. Those got never, never, I've never seen So why didn't they just bet online? Uh, you know, why don't they just bet on the apps, yeah. right? I'll tell you why. Every sports book has an app now here. And even in New Jersey, they all have apps. The problem is people want to touch their money uh, when the game is over. They don't want to wait on an app. They want a ticket. They want to know it's in their pocket. And, you know, now that you say that, why don't they bet on apps? You know, the bonuses are ridiculous. Ridiculous in New Jersey. I mean, last weekend, the first week of football last year, I went to Jersey and picked up 3,500, I think, in, in promos. Just, a, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, points bet. These guys are all given $500,000 just, just to join the app. I mean, there's one in New Jersey right now that's giving you $2,500 in rebates on whatever you bet. They give you 5% of your volume back. Now, it may not sound like a lot, but even if you're a casual better, bet $100, $200 a game. Isn't it nice after you bet your six, seven, eight, nine, ten bets at the end of the week? Isn't it nice to get you know fifty bucks totally. back, or hundred bucks back, win or lose? You were, I mean, you were talking earlier about uh, the public and their favorites and, and teams like that. It, it's always interesting this time of the year where I don't think the public really understands the injury reports. They're kind of going based off of how these teams ended last season. Uh, we don't really have a lot of information, at least analytics that are reliable after one week, yet the public will still love certain teams. Week two, who is the public all over that you're simply seeing the percentage of the public vote? You're going, wow, like that's at a level where I might just think going the other way because of that. Well, uh, again, too, the number one exposure in this town for, for this town losing money is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on futures. Everyone bet overseason wins. They bet we'll win, the, we'll win the division, we'll win the conference. People love still. They love Brady, and they just follow him around. Well, this week again, this line opened up, and it's up to like nine and a half again. Mm. It, it's just people love betting Tampa Bay. It, it's just, uh, And, of course, they, they don't want to start off 0-2. I understand. Uh, yeah, it's at nine but, and a half but, now. I see that it started at nine. So, like, are you, as a sharp, are you in, like, perpetual fade Tampa Bay mode just because it's the energy so strong to them? Oh, I love betting against public teams. I, I look forward to – if this game goes to, like, 10, a key number, it's like the fourth or fifth key number in the NFL, I'll look forward to mm. betting against those kind of teams. But, you know, my, my the way I bet is, is ugly. I, I don't bet too many NFL sides, but I bet the ugly teams I do. Uh, I'm looking to bet uh, on, on the, the teams like even the Lions this week. Everyone loves Green Bay. It's a division game, old school game. Green Bay played great last week mm. and uh, beating a division Minnesota division rival. So um, I, I may look to bet uh, Detroit here if you're, I can get You're speaking uh, my language. I'm going to wait. 
you're speaking my language with that. That was one of the games that I circled. I talked to a smart guy last night, and we were talking about 0-1 teams versus 1-0 teams, and it, they're like 63% against the spread the last 10 years. And so wow. the Lions just, they interest me. They do. It's just that rivalry kind of stinks. Where, where are you seeing right now, have there been any huge moves with the Sharps already? Well, uh, a big a big move, and I was thinking this is one of your teams. I think it's your team. I'm not 100% positive it's your number one team. The Eagles. Yes. Is the Eagles your, your, your number one team? Yes. Eagles plus two was knocked down right away to pick them here in Vegas and, and off in the offshore world. So uh, that is a, is a very strong play. That's from a syndicate group, too. That's not a public play. It's actually a syndicate group. So I'm giving you a, a syndicate group play, which also could be a public play. Because, hey, li listen, Eagles don't want to you know, come back. And, they, they were winning 17-0 against the Redskins last week and, and, and lost that game. They don't want to start out 0-2. They, they, this is a big game for see, them. See, Crack, this I'm is where I think that you could be so valuable. We can see that the Eagles started off at four-and-a-half-point favorites. We can see that the line moved to the Rams minus two and then got hit by a syndicate group, and now it's sitting around a pick -em, right? My question yep. for you is I yep. know you got birdies, and I know that you can hear things. The question is where do you think that line will be at kickoff? I think this game will be around. I think it's. I think it's moved. I think it's had its movement already. I think it's going to be somewhere around this. Now, granted, oh, you think it'll sit at pickoff? Yeah, these aren't key numbers, though. The key number is number one number is three. More games land on three than any other number. Of course, that's almost common sense because, you know, tied up field goal at the end or whatever it may be. But um, I see this game probably leveling off around around the pick -em that it's at now. There's some ones out there still I've seen. But uh, for the most part, I see this game probably closing it around a pick -em. And And I'm not going to have no action in this game. You know, uh, You're avoiding I'm not going to have no action on the right. You know. You're avoiding it? Sorry? Yeah, I, I avoid most. Listen, unless I can get that original line move, um, I avoid most of these. Oh, so you're saying uh, because these, you didn't cop the two, it's not interesting. Right. And it's not key numbers, the one and two, but they're more into play now, these one and twos, because of the extra point mm. being moved uh, back, you know, 10 yards. So there's going to be it, – it, it's not as key – uh, the, the three as it was before, where actually two may come into play or even the one may come into play. So, um, I, again, I, I'm not – I didn't bet this particular game here, and um, I, I think it should level off around this number. This is a must-win uh, – not a must-win. This is as close as it was a must-win for the Eagles after the first week. Barrett, listen, they're supposed to beat the Redskins. That's yes. the team that, that you know, on their, on their chart. team crack will work through yes. it together. Yes. Um, Okay, so that's interesting because as you know, I see the Eagles, they drop down four and a half, but it's so that's something that everyone should be attention to. We're doing this on Thursday. If the line does move more to the Rams, there could be value there for the Eagles. Uh, and I don't think it's going to go back to the Eagles side. It, I don't want to just talk about sides because I know there's so much more value in, in totals and sure. all that. So this is just me, a note for you. And when we do the crack wins app, bet of the week or whatever. I, I kind of want it to be open to over and unders. And also like, it's okay if you just say lean, you know, I, I don't, I don't like the locks and stuff sometimes because it's such nonsense, but of all the totals of all the sides, have there been a few that you're just looking at right now and going, that's delectable. I need to put it on the crack wins app. Yeah. There's never a lock in any sport, especially the NFL. And I never use a word lock. It's a, 
it's a very squarish, um, mm. boring term for me, and it's it's kind of like a salesman term. I hate that. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna have to change I, my I segment agree. name then. Oh no no no! no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about. Well, no, when, no, when, when people go around and say, I got a lock for you, I got a lock for you, that's what I'm referring right, right, to. Right. You know, like people, people, people use that very loosely term walking around uh, the rumblings you hear in the sports book. Um, you know, a guy, got, a guy has a lock, yet he's up at the counter betting $11 to win 10 So, uh, and, and I'm not making fun of anyone that bets low amounts no, of money. No, no, no. I'm more making fun of the people that say the word lock. But, um, you know, um, I, I actually do um, – my, my total of the week, I, I actually got it. At a really good number, I got over in that Green Bay Denver. Mm. I'm sorry, that Green Bay Detroit game. I got over 47 and a half. It's around 49 now, and I could see you act people still betting over the 49. You know, there are key numbers in NFL totals. One of which, the most key, probably right now, because the totals are lined higher, is probably the 47. So 47, 41. Uh, of course, 37, which you really don't see no more now. Uh, 51. These are some key numbers on totals. Well, the total was over 47 and a half when we played it, and now it's 49. Uh, I, I did see a couple 49 and a half, but there's 49s out there everywhere here in Vegas to, to get. And that, that's that's I like that total. I think both we're going to have some high power offensive. Uh, so you still like uh, it at 49? Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm probably going to look for the first half. The first half lines don't come up here. Uh, yet mm. uh, till later in the week. I'm going to probably look look for at, at a first half over on that game also. I did not bet that yet. That's exclusive for your guys. <laughs> hey, uh, before I get to me running by some of my leans that I'm going to do uh, in a second, uh, what do people get with the Crack Wins app? Listen, you, you get in, inside my world, it's a, you know, everything, 90% of it's free. Just, just pick up the articles in there alone. The articles in there alone are going to save you money. Listen, I understand people are going to be who they are. Their human nature is to bet games on them. They don't care. They're still going to bet. They're going to gamble on what they want. But if you can read my stuff and read about bankroll management, the article on bankroll management, percentage of bankroll, uh, different articles. And then also, not only that, there's there's great reviews on Vegas, what to do, what not to do, where to go. Uh, our restaurants are opening back up now. Our casinos are opening back up now. I put a weekly uh, – article every single week on there i do an update i'm very transparent i'm not one of these guys that tell you what i have done lately and and how i've done the last two weeks or our last 20 games that's bs that, that's for the salesman i'm going to tell you every single week what i do and if i was lying my customers would go crazy on twitter on me or something so uh every week i, I put that on there and I, and I look forward to sharing my insights with the public on that and also my plays so thank you for asking all right so for my possible bets, I feel like the Detroit Green Bay game is definitely interesting. Uh, but I also feel like since you're saying it, uh, it would be kind of a cop out for me to do it. Um, the other ones that have caught my attention, uh, I think Kansas City wins enormous. I think that when I look at Kansas City, um, Patrick Mahomes' first game he ever really played as a starter uh, in that first season. He dropped 38 on the Chargers. Andy Reid is 11-1 and against the Chargers. Um, the Chargers just played against a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow, and he really only threw to the short right. Now they're coming back and playing Mahomes. I did not like the look of Tyrod Taylor at all. Joey Bosa missed a practice on Wednesday with a tricep, uh, and I, I think that this, to me, even though the line is big, I'm looking at it as like, I just I think the Chiefs explode on the Chargers. That's one of the ways that one of the sides. I don't know. What do, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, what, what are you seeing for what, – what's the last line you've seen? Because I want to know if you're up to date with us. What did you see on that game? Uh, what I see right now is I believe it started at eight and a half. I still see eight and a halves. Okay. Well, I'll just tell you right now. You're, uh, I haven't said this yet to anyone. That's going to be – that's going to be my team – uh, that that's going to be my uh, probably one of my legs of my teasers there. I, I love. So you would tease that? Keynote. Would you tease that six through the three? Well, I love teasing. Uh, I love teasing through the key numbers. So I would. I would. I want to go through three also. But that's so what I'm saying. Would you do six to go through to get to two and a half? Yeah, six to go through two and a half is exactly correct. Okay. Spot on. That that's what I, I and I think you're exactly right. I don't know if we're going to need that. To be I don't honest. think we're going to need it too. I think they might win by fourteen. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if we're going to need that. But that that's that may be one leg of my team. That that's the number one leg I was looking at. But it scares me a little bit too, Adam, because I know everyone's going to be looking at that leg. You think so? And their teeth. Mm. So uh, the the books will be rooting desperately for uh, Kansas City to only you know only win by a point or let, lose let me the run game. this one by you too. I, I'm looking at the Washington Arizona under uh, 47 and a half right now. The main reason is is I have confidence in Arizona covering the six and a half, but I think the thing that I'm most confident in is Arizona's defense shutting down. Dwayne Haskins in this Washington offense. I think Arizona's defense is underrated. I think that they could put Patrick Peterson on Terry McLaurin and not worry about it. I think other than one big play by Raheem Mostert last week, San Francisco's offense couldn't do anything. Arizona shut down that running game. I think they can shut down Washington's running game. And even so then even if Kyler struggles more with Washington's defensive line and maybe they're not maybe it's a real I just think 47 and a half is a big number. Uh, for that game where I have so little confidence in Washington's offense. Very interesting. The, the sharp guys actually bet the over 45 on that game, drove it to 47 and a half. There's only one way to play it now. You're absolutely right. It would be the under. I'm not, you know. You're, I, I, you're not touching it though. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm, not, I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't go over the 47 and a half now that, it, yeah. that it's 47 and a half. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 it went for the key number of 47. But I, right? I, so, I can't tell you how much I love Arizona in that game. Love it. Yeah, Arizona. Um, That's, that was a sharp side last week, Arizona. Uh, and, and they, you know, they, they, they proved that that was the right, the right side. So I tend to agree with you there. Okay. So good, good, good. Uh, you're, you're, you're up on this. You're the man on this stuff. You actually are very rare do we disagree. It's so true. That's very good. I guess the only other one that I'm going to pitch you before you go, because I'm trying to figure out which ones I like. Um, Minnesota Indy, I can see there being a lot of points. I, I think that Minnesota's defense is really injured. Uh, Aaron Rodgers toasted them last week. I think Colts, people don't realize the Colts didn't punt last week. So even though Phillip Rivers threw interceptions, he didn't punt. And I think it's going to be at, at a dome in home. I think they're going to have success. But when I look at Indiana's Indianapolis's defense, Gardner Minshew at nineteen to twenty, you know, like they he really had success passing the ball. I think Kirk Cousins is more efficient than Gardner Minshew. That's a game where I'm kind of leaning to the over there. The total that I have right there is forty eight and a half. Uh, I guess it's gone up from forty eight. I wasn't sure if there's been a lot of movement there either. Yeah, you know, not not much on the total. The side there, I know, I know one sharp guy that says, "Hey, I like Indy in that game." And uh, you know, it's funny. That's the quarterback. I even said it on my own my own pod. That that's the quarterback that 
he has cost me more money over the years, Rivers, when he was with the Chargers. So and, you get a month. And, and what's so funny, that's the reason that I'm staying away from, even though I think Detroit is the right side and Detroit Green Bay, I have seen Detroit right. blow so many winnable games against Green Bay that I'm scarred. You're like that with Phillip Rivers. Oh, man. Even last week, you know, we have a giant uh, contest in town here, a survivor pool, and the number one pick on the contest cards with about 35% of the whole entire uh, 1,200 or 1,300 entries was on Indianapolis. Wow. It, some, that was the number one pick. Um, and, I mean, listen, they blew it again. Last year I bet Indianapolis uh, over on season wins, over on everything, and then luck retires. Yeah, that screwed you. This year I, this year I started out already with uh, the survivor pool having a pick on the Colts first week. You figure there is, you know, strong – favorite and uh yeah. they, they, they lose the game so uh, no movement on the total a little bit of some of the wise guys on the side minus it was minus three plus oh five a couple spots around town here so you're actually getting juice back instead of laying juice mm. that's now gone um so that's kind of where we stand right now and uh again apologize next week i'll be on a better screen i know i'm moving all around here. i love Sorry it about i that. love it crack you are the man crack wins app i appreciate your insight and your guidance and for being a friend thank you crack I look forward to helping you and your guys and every week, and thank you for having me on. Thank you, brother. All right, shout out to Crack. Shout out to Dr. Chow. Shout out to the smart guy that I talked to last night. Hopefully, Ingberg can figure out who that is. No idea. Uh, I've talked a, lo a lot about the different sides and stuff that I'm interested in. Um, the ones that I have, and if I'm missing any, Ingber, refresh me as I sort these into lock. What was it again? Lock, lean, list. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you are going to have one called what? This is Ingber's losers. And this is, I'm going to choose a bet each week. That's around somewhere between 10 to one, 12 to one, 13 to one, like a, a long shot bet. And I'm going to see if I can go Owen 16 for the entire season. I love it. Um, so the ones that I'm, I'm kind of feeling, obviously everybody's liking Detroit green Bay over that one sounds interesting. Um, Minnesota Indy over is, uh, obviously rivers and Kirk cousins can ruin that. Uh, but it's one that I do like, and I would lean Colts there too. Uh, but Minnesota did lose Washington, Arizona under, I just talked about, I'm obviously very high on Arizona. I'm leaning that way as the side Kansas city. I think that's a lockety, lockety, lock, 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 lock. Philadelphia, I kind of was hoping to wait for a better number, but after talking to Crack, it sounds like Pick'em is it. Um, Pittsburgh, I am leaning to. Pittsburgh is minus seven and a half right now against Denver. I don't like the half a point. Um, and then Tennessee, I'm leaning to. And then apparently that one was at 11, you said, and now it's down to nine. As they yeah, it got moved Jack down people, as people started putting money on Jacksonville, yeah. Uh, of all the ones that I've said, which ones seem the most intriguing to you as I process this? Chiefs. Okay. I'm going to lock I mean, I'm going to lock up the Chiefs. Lefko's lock. That was the sound of a lock. Um and what so I'm getting them at eight and a half? That's what I have, yeah. Okay. So I'll lock up the Chiefs at eight and a half. My lean I wanted to I want to put my money where my mouth is and I want that Arizona Washington under at 47 and a half. I like it. My list is going to be Pittsburgh. Ah, I don't know. Pittsburgh's offensive line scares me. 
Oh, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Tennessee just owns Jacksonville. I want to do Tennessee uh, as a side. If, if, it, if it affects things at all, Pittsburgh is still at minus seven where I'm seeing it. And I just refreshed two seconds ago. So if you like the seven as opposed to the seven and a half, I don't know if that half point was. I know. I'm just trying to think that if their offensive line is all messed up and their running backs are hurt, but that defense is so good. And I think Denver's offense is not ready for it. And I do trust them more than I trust. But I think that that Tennessee. I could avoid all of these. I'm not taking the, the Giants are interesting. I could always do the Detroit Green Bay one. Um, and then there's Philadelphia. Of all those, which one seems intriguing to you the most? Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Philly, Indy, Detroit, Green Bay over. Uh, Detroit, Green Bay over feels nice to me. Mm. I got an email from a smart guy recommending that I go with the over. So that feels pretty tasty. I know, but I want to give that one to free to the audience for free. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Pittsburgh. I'm making Pittsburgh minus seven my lean. That's so annoying. Why would I do that? Uh, Okay. Uh, Let's just go with that because it's fun and I don't want to bring the Eagles into it. Ingber. Who is Ingber's loser? I'm betting the Dolphins to win by exactly 13 to 18 points at 12 to 1. What? <laughs> and what, what do you get at that? Plus 1,200 of the odds on that. Again, I'm trying to lose these bets. I'm going to try to lose 16 yeah, weeks in a row, which is actually going to be difficult. Like a team to win by 20? Eventually, I'm going to get it wrong, though. You, I'm going to mix it up. so? Okay, you're going to mix uh, it up. To get him to get him to win by twenty, that's like twenty-seven to one odds. I'm not doing okay, those. Okay, so you're crazy doing things. you're doing Dolphins to win by thirteen or eighteen points at twelve to one. Correct. Are the statistics in if that you bet sixteen of these, you'll eventually lose one, or no? That I'll eventually accidentally win one. Correct. You think so? I'm going to try to go 0 and 16. That's what makes it difficult. Yes, I could choose a 2017 parlay and lose every week easily because obviously I'm not going to yeah, win yeah, a 50,000 yeah. to one bet. I'm going to try to choose ones that are actually realistic 10 to 1, 11 to 1, 12 to 1. I'm going to find I one love, that I don't think I is going love to come this through. one because I would love if the Dolphins sneaky pull off a double, like a two touchdown <laughs> upset. Oh, um, it would be so me trying to lose a long term bet and to actually win it uh, like an idiot amazing. in the first week. Uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Again, thank you to the doctor. Uh, thank you to John Burchard, uh, who helped us mm. make the, uh, the the stingers, the music in between. Uh, he is the man. Uh, he is somebody that has been listening to the show for a while. I find him to be wildly talented. He was somebody that really helped build a lot of the social media uh, and content for Philadelphia Eagles fans. He's on Twitter at, at John Barshard, uh, and he also does a bunch of podcasters and radio voices. Uh, but thank you to him. Uh, thank you to everybody that's listening. For David Ingber. If you go an entire year without touching something that you own, donate it to people who will use it. I'm the LEFKOE man, and I don't have any sage advice like that. But don't bet money that you can't afford to lose. Love you guys. We will holla, holla, holla at you later.